Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Going to a meeting, I think I've got this one on lock. I, I think we're good. I said, You don't want to do this. And he's like, Yeah, no, you have to. The lawyer bills have gotten too high. We're closing the company. And talk about a dagger to my heart. I was thinking we were doing good. We we're going to get through it. We we're going to make it. And he said, No, turn it around and, and come back on home. So I drove back home. And, and you know, I was talking to him just last week. This was 2005, mind you. Now we're this many years past it. Then he went to work for the company that bought us out, our intellectual property. They bought us out, and we got put into this big other company. And when he was praying about it, he felt like the Lord said to his mind, let it go, and I will give it back to you. If you let your business go, I will give it back to you. And he's like, that seems strange to me. Why would God ask me to give this up? But yet, he was willing to surrender. And that's what I want to talk to you for a little while today about is surrendering some things to God. And so last week I went to lunch with the same man this many years later and that company that bought out our company, what was left of it after the lawsuit, called him almost a week ago now and said, we don't feel like that video component really fits our company. They're a $110 million company. We don't really feel like it fits our company anymore. Would you like to buy it back? He said, no, I'm really not interested in buying it. And they said, okay, well, what about if we give you it? We give you 80 plus customers over two something million dollars worth of business. How about we just give it back to you? And when that happened, the Lord spoke to his mind again and said, I'm giving you back what you surrendered to me. Because God is that big. He can take everything that you think you're losing and he can give it back to you. There's a story in the scriptures where the disciples are fishing and they've tried to fish all night and they haven't caught any fish. And Simon Peter has his boat and they're down washing their nets, which is something that they do wash nets and repair after they fish because they don't fish with a rod and reel like you and I do at times. They fish with these big nets and they would throw these nets out into the water and then they pull them back in. And the Sea of Genesaret is where the story takes off in Luke chapter number five and verse one through five. And it's talking about where Jesus walks up on this boat of Simon Peter and Simon Peter's washing, and they're all down washing this, but Simon Peter apparently is in the boat, and he asks Simon, would you let me in your boat and launch out into the water a little bit so that I could preach to the crowd that is just all over the countryside? It's all over the, they're all over the hills, they're all over the grass, they're, they're all the way up to the water, and they've literally pushed Jesus to the edge of the water. And he's like, well, what I can do is use the water as an amplification system. And I can get out a little ways. So Jesus literally got in a boat and Simon launched out a little ways and Jesus began to preach. And And there's several different stories that are going on in the scripture. But if, if you allow me to read to you the story, it starts like this. And this is a story that I selected because it shows what it's like to surrender things to God. It says, and it came to pass in verse number one. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out 
of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him to let that he would thrust out a little way, little ways from land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep or deeper into the water and let down your nets for a drought or for a haul of fish. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. That word toiled literally means we have worked all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net and multitude and never, let's see. And when they had done this, or when they had this done, that's how the the Old Testament says, or the the old language says it, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and that their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners or people that were around them, other fishermen, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he hath astonished, for he was astonished. And all of them that were with him at the, the hall of fishes that they had gotten, they were all astonished at this. And also it lists John, James there, and the sons of Zebedee, and partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when... They had brought their ships to land. They forsook all, and they followed Jesus. They were good fishermen. They were professional fishermen. They had fished all night. They had tried everything they knew to do to catch fish. How, you know how it kind of feels bad whenever you're a professional fisherman, and you're throwing nets out, and you're not getting anything? And people are like, I thought you knew how to do this. I thought you were good at this. But what they, did, what they didn't know was that even though Jesus was a carpenter telling a fisherman what to do, Jesus was the one who controlled the fish, amen? He knew how and where to find them. So he told them to go out and let your nets down on the other side of the boat and you will receive a great haul. And so as they're doing this, it's interesting to me that they had to make a choice. And when they saw what Jesus did in the situation, they were willing to let go of everything else, everything they knew. They were all fishermen, that's all they knew. But they were willing to surrender it all. Surrender is often defined as a cease of resistance and a submission to something that you don't understand or maybe something that has authority. Sometimes you have to submit to things you don't like, amen? How many submit to a schedule on your job you don't always like? <laughs> don't want to get up on Monday and get there or maybe don't want to get up on a late shift if you have to work a late shift? Romans chapter 6, verse 14 and 18, the, these words are found. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. That is talking about the fact that the, in the Old Testament, thank you for that. In the Old Testament, the law was what they lived under. They had to bring animal sacrifices to the priests. But now we're living under another time period called grace or dispensation of grace. And in that dispensation, it's saying that we don't live under the dominion of sin, but we live under grace. And then in Romans, it, it asks, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. We don't just freely sin. But know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey? Another translation says, do you not know that who you surrender yourself to, to obey his servants, ye are to those things 
that you are obedient to, you are servants to. So it says that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether it is unto sin is sin unto death, or sin which brings death, or obedience which brings righteousness or right living. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being made free from sin. You became the servants of righteousness. What does that mean? You have a choice. We can either choose the devil and sin, or we can choose Jesus Christ and life. And with one comes death, and with the other comes life. You can choose either one. So really, I'm dealing with surrendering today, but in order to surrender, you have to talk about your choices. You have to talk about what you decide to do and what, how you choose. My friend chose to give up his company and chose to lay it down so that he could obey God. And whenever he did obey God, God gave it back to him and gave back more to him than he had because now he's able to do even more with the opportunity he's been given. I've had to surrender certain things in my life as well, and I've seen God be obedient. And you know what? It's the hardest thing to do to surrender, and it is the easiest thing to do. It is not only difficult because of the fact that you have to lay down what you want and what your desires are sometimes and what, and what your thinking things should be like. And maybe you've made uh, decisions that have caused consequences and now you're living with those consequences. But even whenever you surrender your mistakes, God can make them good for you. Because he works all things together for good, the scripture says. To them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I'm glad that I was called one day by God that he called my name. I'm privileged that, and you can have that same privilege. You can know that you could be called by God Almighty and that he could touch your life. And the interesting thing is, whenever you surrender to the things of God, it brings a wholesome to your life. It brings a beauty to your life, and it brings a goodness to your life. It's hard to change yourself, amen? We can't do anything to be saved. God did it for us, right? We All scripture, and, and when you look at the scripture about salvation, it says that there's nothing that we can do in, in the works of righteousness that we partake in. Jesus did all the work and we step into what he has accomplished. When he said it's finished, we're stepping into the work that he's accomplished. But sometimes when you try to change yourself, it's not easy. The hardest thing to do, I think, is to change our minds the way we think. It's also very hard to change the way you act, your behaviors, because they come from thinking patterns. And, and whenever you have multiple thinking patterns, you create habits. How many know it's hard to get to the gym sometimes? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you have a gym at home, it's even hard to get to the gym, amen? Right about now, they're selling all these memberships at all these gyms, and you get stuff in the mail, and, and they're like, ah, you can get this much off for a, for a year membership, because they know that you're going to get a New Year's resolution or something that will work for about two weeks, and you're going to start, okay, I'm going to get healthy, I'm going to lose that extra, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more fit, and I'm going to be stronger. And so you start going to the gym, like, you know, January or late December, because you you know Christmas dinner's coming, <laughs> and you start going to the gym, and you're like, okay, well, I got to work off this much because I want that much turkey, and you start comparing, like, how much are you going to, you know, how much are you going to change, because you know you've got to change, because if you don't change, nothing changes, right, amen, so if you don't do something different, you have to be determined about it, and some people have enough willpower to get themselves to the gym all the way into March or April, but then the, the, the companies know that you're probably not going to show up throughout the summer months, so they're going to keep on billing you 
you, but you're not going to be there, right? You're not going to be using their lights and their energy and all their stuff, but they're going to be able to collect from you. So they're doing these big sales right now, and they're playing on the abilities that, in the thought process that I want to do better this year than I did last year. But the truth of the matter is, it's very hard to change. And with God, we don't really change ourselves. He wants to be involved with that change because there's only so much you can do. You'll think about something the way you think about it for the rest of your life without a touch of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit literally will help you change the way you think and the Word of God can literally alter the way you look at things and the observation that you take in from God's Word and the experiences that we even read here of Simon Peter with the boat and fishing and and he could have stopped at the point of, you're a carpenter, I'm a professional fisher, you stick to the cabinets, I'll stick to the fishing. Don't tell me where to drop my net. You know what I'm saying? He could have stopped right there, but he didn't. He was willing to surrender what he knew and who he was to the maker of the fish and the maker of the seas. Amen? And so we saw that he got a great hauler, a great, a great blessing brought into his life because he simply surrendered all that he was to God. And that's where we have to stand if we want change in our life, my friends. We have to be willing to let God interact with us and God change us and God work on us. And it comes to a point of surrender. And it's, it's very difficult at first because we're, we're all like a bottle of salad dressing. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? We're all like a bottle of salad dressing. Salad dressing has pretty much three parts. You see, it always separates. The oil floats to the top. The seasonings float to the bottom. The yummy stuff is down here. The good stuff, okay? This is just oil, and and the vessel is just a vessel. I mean, it has no value. The value of this vessel is what's inside the vessel, amen? And it's the same for us. Our greatest value is what's in us. And so when you have the Holy Ghost in you, when you have God's Spirit in you, it is good that you have gifts and talents, but those gifts are actually amplified by the presence of God's Spirit inside of you. But we are a tripart being, Thessalonians tells us. We're body, soul, and spirit. So when we come to church, that's why David said, I I like to worship the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. He's saying, I like to worship God with my strength, with this body of mine. I like to lift my hands and praise God. That's what David said. I like to worship God with my mind. I like to think about him and and ponder him and, and, and ruminate on his word and take it in and think it over and meditate on it. And I like to do other things that that allow me, like I like to have my spirit be touched by God. So the oil on top is kind of like our soul, our mind. And the vessel is the body. That's you. That's what we see. But we're not, we're not a spirit with a body. I mean, we're, we're not a body with a spirit. We're more like a spirit with a body. We are spirit beings because we're three parts. We have three parts and two of those parts are eternal. The soul and the spirit. And when God fills us with his spirit, it gets way down there in your spirit, the deeper part of you, okay? It gets way down deep inside of you. And and what we do is we have all this stuff on top, the, all the things on top, like what we want, what we think, what we do, what we what we don't like, what we want. And we're and you're thinking in in your in your processing in your mind, which is your soul, the Bible says, is is not very valuable to some other people. Like you you I could pour this out on a salad without shaking it up and it wouldn't taste very much. All the the, the tasteless stuff kind of is on top. But whenever we let God stir our spirits, the Bible says stir up the gift that lies within you. What what does it mean? It's kind of like it's kind of like taking this this bottle of of dressing and doing one of those, you know? 
letting God's spirit get from down deep inside of you into your mind and your heart and so that you're completely surrounded and, and submerged. It's, it's a surrender that takes place. You have to do this. You have to desire this. And if you don't desire it, you will not be changed. So, so you can live your life going, what I want, what I, what I want to do, what I think is good, what I think is best. I, I want to do my life the way I want to do my life. That's all up here. That's all your thinking. But if you want something deeper, if you want something that literally comes from the the deepest parts of you, if you want something that is given to you by God Almighty, if you want something that is changing things and that has taste and that has flavor and that literally affects your vessel and changes the way you look and the way you act and, and the way you approach people, that has got to come from God Almighty. It's got to come from the Holy Ghost. You can't change just by thinking your way out. You've got to let him be involved in a surrender that changes you. Success is found in surrender. And when you let go, God will hold on to you. The interesting thing, I'm not going to tell you how I just did that. <laughs> it's a magic trick. No. Ooh. Come and try it later. All the kids will be up here like, how did he do that? <laughs> Salvation is amazing because of what God does in us. And so we find Peter, Simon Peter, so overwhelmed with the miracle that God does that he says, I'm willing to leave everything I know behind. How, is that hard to do? Oh, yeah, it is hard to do. It's very difficult to do. But it is the way that we exemplify Christ in this world. We don't just put a cross on the back wall just because it looks nice. He died on that cross for each one of us. And so... As we dedicate today, sweet little Alyssa, I wanted to remind you that as they're surrendering her back to God as a gift that God gave, it's easy for them, but it's also hard for them because they know that God has given them a blessing. God has called them to be good parents. And that calling is not taken lightly today. That's why we take so much of our service and dedicate it to a little Alyssa because it's so important that we understand that in surrendering, it's so much easier. Now, I've been surrendering for so long. If God doesn't show up, it doesn't work, okay? If God doesn't come to this place and, and do what only he can do, we cannot do what we do every single week and think that God's, that God's going to just say, oh, that's good, you're working hard. They toiled all night and caught nothing. But when Jesus told them what to do, they went out, dropped their net, and brought in such a haul of blessing that they had to call friends over and bless them with it too. How many would like that kind of a haul? How many would like for Jesus just to back up the dump truck and fill your driveway and your house with blessings and your, your boat, amen? How many would like that? Well, in order for you to have that, you have to go deeper. Jesus said, you've got to launch out deeper than where you've been. So you might have to surrender more what if I don't want to surrender more what if what if I don't want to surrender how I feel and how I think and and what I want and who I am and all that all that stuff that's going through how we think that's that's not going to affect anything in this world until we let the Holy Ghost literally come up have you ever had a gut feeling about something and you didn't know why you had that gut feeling but you did and then it comes to pass and you're like I knew it I knew it there's something about having something come from within you. And the Bible talks about that the Holy Spirit is like wells of, of water springing up inside you. 
And so I want that for everyone here today, but when we talk about a cross, it takes a lot to surrender at times. What about somebody at your workplace who's told a lie about you or said something about you that wasn't true and you don't really like them, your personalities just kind of clash and now their car breaks down and they're a little bit out of the way and they need a ride to work and you know what would be the greatest thing for you to do? Just change the components of what's going on right there by just walking up to them and saying, you know, we may not always get along, but I heard you have a need and you need a ride to work. And if it's okay, I, I, I'd be willing to come and pick you up and bring you to work with me. You know what that does? That makes them go, wow, maybe there is something to that cross. Maybe there is something to that fish on the back of their car. Maybe there is something to this Jesus. Because all of us respond to surrender. When someone lays down their rights for the benefit of somebody else, we respond. I don't care what movie, I don't care what story you listen to, I don't care what jars a tear out of the corner of your eye when you see someone being human and caring for another human, where they surrender their schedule to help somebody change a tire on the side of the road, and, and where they help somebody, someone gets out of their car, their busy Christmas schedule, and walks somebody across the road, or, or runs out and grabs an animal that's stuck in traffic and puts them off on the side. What are they doing? They're putting themselves at risk. They're surrendering something to help something else, and Jesus did that for us, my friends. He surrendered everything on that cross. He gave his very life and he shed something that we don't have, innocent blood, so that we could have a life and a walk with God, so that we could have the opportunity of sitting here today and talking about surrender and knowing that someone gave the greatest sacrifice ever given. Jesus had a right and Jesus still has a right to ask us to surrender to him. So as I talk about surrendering today, I know that there's times whenever you want to throw back a spear when the spear's thrown at you. David was in the castle and he was working for the king and he was doing things and King Saul had let himself drift from God and David was anointed. He was anointed to be the king, the next king. But he was in a castle and he was getting javelins thrown at him. He didn't pull that javelin, that spear out of the wall and throw it back. Have you ever had someone throw a javelin at you, a verbal jab or, a, or something else? Or, and what do you want to do? Your flesh rises up like, oh, let me make a point right about now. I don't think so. Whenever you have to surrender something, it's not easy. But if you give it to God, you haven't lost anything because he'll turn around. Another story where they were fishing in the Bible, they had received a great blessing from God. They hauled in a lot of fish. And Jesus was on the shore. And one of the disciples jumped out of the boat and swam to shore, gave up everything, surrendered everything that was going on. All the blessings were in the boat. He left the boat, swam to shore to be with Jesus. And when he got to the shore, Jesus is cooking up some fish. He didn't have to clean it. He didn't have to get it out and store it. He didn't have to do anything. What he left was what seemed like a blessing. What seemed like was his right. He had, he had brought in a bunch of fish. It was his right to take those fish and do with them. But what he did was he surrendered all of that 
to go to Jesus. And when he got to the shore, his meal was already prepared. They had fish fry. They had, they had a meal with Jesus on the shore. So what Jesus is communicating through that story is that no matter what you're asked to lay aside, no matter what you're asked to give up, it may seem very difficult for us at times, but it should be the easiest thing we do because he won't ask you to give up something where he can't fulfill it in a greater way.